This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pagan Switchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and today I'm joined by a familiar voice that you have heard on the show before, and that is Estrella Taylor. Estrella was here Oh gosh, when was it? Uh, like four or five months ago. But they were, she was here for um her Greek gods book, which the full name is totally escapes me because I actually don't have it in front of me. But if you go back and look for the Greek gods episode, that is where you will find Estrella's first episode. But she is here for a brand new book that was so good that honestly, I would have to say this is probably my top Llewellyn read of twenty twenty three. And that is inspiring creativity through magic. So, Estrella, welcome back to the show. Oh, my gosh. What a compliment. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here again. Yes, your book was so fantastic. Honestly, it was. I texted a friend of mine in the middle of reading the book, and I was like, I swear to God, she wrote this book directly to me. <laughs> it was like all the stuff I had been needing to hear about like creativity and making sure that you're taking care of yourself and being balanced and all this other stuff and I'm like okay she's calling me out even in the book come on now <laughs> with kindness with, with compassion kindness. yes it was all good stuff and it was just so perfect the way you wrote it um <laughs> so anybody who's listening if you're a creative you are going to want to go pick up a copy of this book it's fantastic it is so good it walks you through the entire creative process and i would also say uh, because you know y'all know i have two podcasts i have the fiction podcast as well so i would say that if you're somebody who is not a pagan and you're wanting a book that kind of helps guide you through the creative process this is also a book for you even if you're not pagan like you don't have to do the pagan stuff you can you know do it however you'd like but there's so much valuable information in it that it was just like Oh my gosh, this book was like the best thing to come out of probably like the last four years. It was just so good. <laughs> well, thank you. I really feel like it was divinely inspired. Um, I just, I felt like I had to write it. Like there was pressure on me. <laughs> so I think that it's I said true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a great book. And I love the way that, like, it was funny when I started reading, I was like, He's talking about this little writing spirit. I have a writing spirit. Is that a common thing? Do people have writing spirits? It's not just me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, talk about people who aren't pagan or witchy or anything like that, who work with this creative spirit. I mean, look at The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Look mm -hmm. at Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. These are people who do not identify as pagan or witchy or magical even. Probably, I mean, the latter may be up for discussion, but... I'm not aware of that. And I really try to find instances where they identified with that. But those people and Stephen King mm -hmm. and like Tori Amos, they, these people all work with creative spirits and they give them the energy, the inspiration, the ideas, you know, the knowledge, little hints and things like that. And it really helps. And I found that it just is amazing to get that kind of insight and assistance in my creative works. 
So I have to ask because Elizabeth Gilbert is like one of my favorite authors and like just seeing her like pop up in the book was just like, oh my gosh, really? (laughs) I didn't know she had this process. How did you find out all that information? Like, I I don't know if you could Google that (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, well, um, she wrote a book called Big Magic and it is about the creation process and she mentions the creative spirit probably about, you know, just there's a couple of pages. It's not a lot. It's more about um, practical advice. Mm-hmm. But um, she did have a few beautiful quotes that I had to use. And and I just love that. She also had a podcast afterward uh, about big magic. And uh, and even the, the title, <laughs> Big Magic, you know, she, she knows that there's something otherworldly happening going on. I think to write books, actually, I think just to create art in general, you have to be kind of almost in tune with something other than yourself um you know because I I paint and I write and I do all the things I mean I do all the arts outside of dance I can't do dance anymore the MS doesn't really let me do that but um beyond that I think that just kind of being in touch with all of those things and it's so interesting how you touched on the different mediums and how those creative spirits actually vary from medium to medium and how they influence you and I it was just oh it was so good. Exquisite. Like chef's kiss exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have a background in a lot of different arts. You know, mm-hmm. I was an actress for a while, just in like high school plays and stuff, but I took it very seriously. And then I was a fiction writer, nonfiction writer, fire dancer. I did pottery for a while. Um, I used to love to sing. You know, it, it was really interesting how much background I had, like this jack of all trades, just to just enough to know things to be a little bit artsy and dangerous with them. <laughs> and, you know, some of them weren't enough developed enough to actually, you know, move forward past, you know, a pleasure hobby or something. But mm-hmm. I feel like having those insights helped um, allow me to touch upon how those kinds of artists might create and how they might benefit from the way that I kind of set up the book with, you know, this, the creative spirit and then, you know, going through the elements and having your creative correspondences because I use those in all of those arts. Mm -hmm. And I think having all the different aspects of it, and it was really interesting reading it because I do majority of the things you talk about in the book, but I had never kind of put like, I guess you could say like a name to it, like touching with the elements and doing all those things because, you know, like I make my cup of coffee and, you know, obviously feed my coffee Mm -hmm. spirit in my kitchen (laughs) who Mm -hmm. gets very angry if I don't make coffee every morning. Um, But, you know, I make the cup of coffee. I come and I sit at the desk. I light the candle. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. do incense anymore, but I do. I have a diffuser for essential oils and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing all (laughs) these different little tidbits with I'm just like, well, I had no idea that all of this was like practically a witchy kind of experience. This was just what made me comfortable. And it's so funny because talking about those writing spirits, um, I actually called forth a writing spirit several years ago. It was also it's a writing spirit slash productivity spirit. Um, and I had just basically this like six or seven dollar little like skeleton raven from like walmart during halloween season and i was like Mm -hmm. you can inhabit this body and live on my desk i will create a little nest for you and everything just be here and kind of you know show up and every now and then like it will like fall over if i'm not being productive or like the head will kind of turn a little bit and i'm like 
okay, I see you. I see that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it's really interesting how that happens. And I do know that if I'm not feeding that spirit enough, which I affectionately call Edgar. Um, <laughs> I love it. And yes. I, I don't feel it as much. And it's just, it kind of goes back to mm -hmm. being that little figurine instead of being the full-fledged spirit. And it, yeah. it's really interesting how you touched on all those little pieces about feeding it and also feeding your egregore of your books and are not so much your books, I should say, just your art. And it's like, yes, I see this. I see all the different things and how they kind of come about, especially when, with fiction writing and just just so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't even like praise this book enough because when I got done, I was like. I have to go back through this book and read it again, which I have read it twice since I got it. Um, <laughs> and awesome. I've gone through and like made like the notebooks and done all the things for all the different projects and all the stuff you're supposed to do with it. And it's just an absolute best book that I could, the best book I could recommend to creatives right now. In fact, I actually put a post about it um, just yesterday in one of the romance writing book uh, discords that I'm in. And was like, hey, I know many of you are probably not pagan, so take that with a grain of salt, but go buy this book. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Trust me. <laughs> so we'll, well see how that comes you. out. <laughs> and I think of romance egregore. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. has got to be steamy. I would love to hear more about that. Like if anyone comes up with a tale to tell. <laughs> oh, I have plenty because I write romance. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds fascinating. The The funny thing about it is one of the egregores that uh, really kind of came out was a story that I wrote in my book, which actually has is getting a complete revamp right now. But uh, the book is currently available. If you want to wait a few months, there's going to be a brand new edition out. But anywho, uh, oh, yeah. so the, the story is called The Tenant, and it is about an incubus who lives in in a house or well he lives in the void that is connected to a house and so this woman moves in and she the, her realtor is like hey you need to go and like basically say hi to him otherwise he's gonna make himself known in probably a really scary fashion <laughs> and so she's just like what and the realtor leaves before he can even answer any questions because he's like nope i'm out goodbye i'm done <laughs> i sold the house i'm out and so oh, wow. she goes and introduces herself and ends up in this very fantastical kind of landscape that, well, I guess it's almost like a hellscape um, that has all these different doors. And she meets him. Uh, his name is Lucian. And when I finished the story and I was editing it, Lucian was like in my like almost peripheral being like, yes, write this, write that. Mm -hmm. That needs more spice. Wow. Do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just kind of those perfection kind of things. And he had one of those energies about him that you're just like, sir, <laughs> can you tone that down, please? <laughs> I'm trying nice. to write here. Uh, but yeah, he's super awesome. And I... And it's funny because when you're a fiction writer and you talk about those kind of egregores and those beings that, you know, sit down and they basically take your story in a whole new direction that you didn't mm -hmm. anticipate in your outline. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when I talk to other fiction writers about that and I'm just like, the first time I told somebody that that happened to me, I thought it was nuts. And they're like, no, it happens to all of us. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> and it's, it's a fascinating thing. The work is like, no, this is who I am. <laughs> yes. I just love that. Yes. 
And it's yeah. so crazy how that actually happens and, you know, to have everything perfectly outlined and you're going through your draft. And um, <laughs> one of my fantasy novels, I had a character who's named Kovan and he was supposed to just be a two-bit character. And he was basically in like two chapters and then he dies in book two. Two chapters, book one, dies book two, beginning of it. Uh, chapter like six or seven, he decides that he's going to sit down and I'm like, I had to stop writing and I'm having this conversation in my head with this character going, what are you doing? You're not in this scene. Get out. <laughs> You're supposed to keep walking. You're, you left at the mm -hmm. end of last chapter. What are you doing? And he's like, nope, just write what I say. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to wow. write what you say. And he ends up becoming this great supporting character that also is a secondary love interest for the main character. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is so much better than my outline. <laughs> yeah. And those, they supply those twists and turns and those like very characteristic sayings and actions. And mm -hmm. they just show you who they are and you just kind of take note. You're like, okay, you know, I, I love that. I love it when that happens and it just takes over because I'm a pantser when I write mm -hmm. fiction, I just write by the seat of my pants. I'm like, I have this beautiful idea kind of know how, how I want it to end but I don't know how we're going to get there and then um and then I go back and like outline everything and make sure I have all the you know the mm -hmm. things in the places and um but yeah I was always so surprised when just writing by the seat of my pants and it was like a roller coaster I was on a roller coaster just writing at my desk at a, on a laptop <laughs> like, like what's happening what's going to happen next and it was always so thrilling because it was kind of like I was tuning into a television show but yes. it was my work that I was creating as I as it poured out of me and it was I was more like watching it happen than I was I was an active participant of course it was me doing the typing and choosing some of the words and noticing things and choosing how to uh you know space all that out but something otherworldly was definitely at play and, you know, it's funny that you kind of describe that because it's exactly how my books play out in my head. I see the whole thing playing out like a movie or a show or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm trying to, like, obviously get every little detail in there the way that you see it. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But um, my husband and a writing professor from when I was in college also told me that sometimes when you write books the characters that come to life are spirits of otherworldly things. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're human spirits, sometimes they're fae, sometimes they're something else that are coming through and they're telling you their story. Mm -hmm. And that you're getting to see it all and you're getting to experience it through, you know, their words and you write it down and it's like, thanks for telling me my story. And then they never come back ever again because you <laughs> wrote the story and it's like, huh, interesting. All right. And it's true. Like some of the stories I've written that I'm like, I wrote them out and I have never heard from the character since. Wow. So well, that's yeah, just the, a really fantastic way to think about it. The character may not come back. I feel like the character lives on in other people's worlds and yes. minds, you know, as, as they read them. Um, so, I mean, that character had work to do somewhere else, probably, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, you keep that creative spirit. Well, in in my writing experience, doing fiction and nonfiction, I kept the same creative spirit to help me create those works of art, you know, that had those spirits, those egregores. And then, yeah, releasing those to the world was just a, a fantastic way to just 
put things out there and and like that story wanted to be told. Like I wrote mm-hmm. this one story. It was a Beauty and the Beast variation. And um, <clears throat> it was about a demon who, uh, you know, lived in hell and she had to work off some karma that she incurred from, uh, you know, her, her life and her life choices and things like that. And so um, it's really weird. I feel like um, it was around the same time where the Beauty and the Beast was being remade with Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. And I was really mad about something about the Stockholm Syndrome, even though I love this story as a child and I still generally love it you know I I didn't think that was the right story to tell at this time at that time in the political landscape and stuff you know like oh you should just love this monstrous person who you know you should look for the best in people it it was also like I just felt like we need a rebellion (laughs) we need (laughs) someone to lead the charge against that kind of thinking and just more common sense as well Mm -hmm. and uh now which book is your beauty and the beauty it's the the Dame one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, know. it's uh, Beldame Sans Merci. I it was inspired by a John Keats poem and a painting, you know, about you know, this beautiful fairy child woman pulling this knight off of his horse and just you know bewitching him. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a it's a a, a wild romp of a story, <laughs> but um, I really loved it so much and writing it it just poured out of me so easily and those are the experiences when we talk about the creative spirit and the egregore working with us in our art you know it's that's what I think everybody wants to get toward and I I did have to put in a lot of hours to get there I had Mm -hmm. to get into that mindset I had to get into the right uh, atmosphere for my own creation process and that's where I think the creative correspondences can help and you know there's the elemental aspects of those but then, you know, there's like what temperature, what season, what kind of lighting is going on, what kind of like uh, sounds or uh, what atmosphere do you have? And and I think thinking about all of those things and just using whatever worked helped me finish my first book ever. It was the book before that one, but, um, you know, it just started me on this roll and I couldn't stop. I didn't want to stop. It was, it's so pleasurable too, to just have those feelings of being swept away creatively Mm -hmm. I think that that is super awesome and I think I love that you kind of mentioned like the different um temperatures and the seasons and all this stuff because that brings so much more richness to the story than just being like hey they did this thing and that that wasn't Mm -hmm. something that I even really focused on in my own books until recently because it was one of those things they don't they never taught that in school so oh, like yeah. <laughs> when I was getting my creative writing degree they're just like make sure you get the dialogue and you get all this and you know mm-hmm. you're doing all this other stuff and it's like okay cool and then you learn from other authors and you learn from other creators and it's like oh but there's so much more richness that I could add to this story that you know makes it so much better by adding those yeah. little things like what season is it what does it feel like and mm-hmm. just showing that and it really Im- immerses the reader even more which is so cool um and i think the setting is a character too you mm-hmm. know it's yes it's, it's like the context i guess or you know in a way it, it's almost like giving it like that living and breathing world to be in mm-hmm. so i think yeah. that that's just oh, <laughs> so good so so good um, kind of bringing it back around to your book, one of my favorite things that I actually really started to implement in my own schedule um, was your days of the week of, for inspiration. 
-hmm. and how (laughs) I'm changing how I do like content creation and all this other stuff. And it was funny because I had some of them kind of set up on those days, but I thought it was really interesting how bringing all that about and, you know, kind of finding the best way to, you know, figure out what day works best for what you're trying to create. And so do you follow this schedule or do you follow something different and interesting? Like what is the, the, a week look like in Australia's life? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, every week I do meet with my best friend. We both have small businesses and on Wednesdays we talk about our business goals and whatnot. Like I'm like, I have to write this article and she's like, I have to sell 10 essential oils to this one place, <laughs> you know? So I do use the days of the week, you know, that's Mercury's day. He rules Mm -hmm. over the markets and commerce, things like that. And then um, for the other days of the week, I always write a to-do list every day. And I always use, um, you know, the planetary day of the week or a deity, you know, sometimes I'll throw a deity up there. And um, it really inspires me to see that there is more potential in the day. You know, it, Mm -hmm. it's not just a mundane Monday, this is moon day. (laughs) And on moon day, you know, I want to take care of myself. Most of the time, I want to make sure I have like a nice dreamy day. I'm not too hard on myself. You know, I want to relax. I want to lean into my emotions and read books in bed, things like that. And then Tuesday, I do feel like the Mars energy of that. I do feel like after a day of rest, I'm like, okay, let's go get something. Let's go do something. Let's get some things done, run some errands talk to some people, whatever needs to get done. Like that's kind of been on my to-do list for a while <laughs> and, and so forth with the rest of the week. You know, it's, it's enhancing the way that I do things and the flavor uh, that, that I have when I do do them. I think that that is super cool. And it, it really does bring about so many different opportunities to kind of like make your week a little more magical. In addition to a little bit more, what's the word, I guess you could say, I guess you could say focused in its own way, but it it makes it Mm -hmm. different and unique because it allows you to tackle different opportunities with a little bit more of that divine kind of almost intervention in its way, but not intervention is almost not the right word. But I thought that it was such a really cool experience to kind of look into. And I was like, yeah we're going to change the schedule around and we're going to make everything work the way that this works. And I think it's just a really cool opportunity. So if that's something that you feel, those who are listening, if you feel like your schedule is not really working, check out Astrea's stuff on that. And if you buy the physical copy of the book, it is on page 58. So um, definitely check that out. I have no idea what page it's on in the digital because I don't have a digital one. So um and also talking about the other versions of your book the audiobook was just so pleasant to listen to um i I sometimes when i read books it's my adhd brain doesn't want to sit down and actually read the book sometimes and that happens a lot with nonfiction. so if there's an audiobook i'll listen to the audiobook while i'm reading along and it was such a pleasant listen um just wonderfully comfortable was the the narrator was just so great and i don't know if you had any say in that but it was just great choice <laughs> the you know i i didn't and i'm happy to hear that it's good because i haven't heard it yet i've heard like them do um 
the the prologue or the foreword by Michael mm-hmm. Herkes, which is beautiful, um, and I love him. Uh, but I haven't heard all of it, so I will I will look for that. But um, you know, the only thing that I tell my publisher is I don't want a robot to do it. Please just make it a real person. <laughs> like we cannot. We cannot let the robots take over everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. There's a lot of AI going on and uh, there's a lot of AI authors as well. And, you know, it's it's a little bit um, frightening to me because uh, I think the human voice is more characteristic. And, I, you know, I talked to somebody who was like, oh, yeah, this AI led me down this weird rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. And I was like, we do not need more conspiracy theories. No, like, <laughs> no we don't. Back it up. Um, and, you know, just the human mind, the human heart, I don't think they could ever be really replicated. And I know like you and I can't be replicated. Um, so I, I always advocate for human stuff, even though, you know, there are some beautiful uh, stuff, beautiful works of art. It's not really uh, completely the same. It's, you know, we have to kind of view it with a lens of like, yes, this is, uh, you know, they had a little bit of help doing this. <laughs> you know, and I I know there's a place in the world for AI. I know there is. Mm-hmm. But right yeah. now I feel like AI is moving so fast. And it feels like it literally just came out of the woodwork just a few months ago. And I know it hasn't come out of the woodwork for those listening. I am aware of that. But it feels like it really just kind of emerged greatly out of the last couple of months. And so it's just something that feels like it's going so fast to the point that they're like, we don't know if we can stop it now. And it's like, "Mm, okay, um, maybe we should have toned it back before releasing that. But, you know, whatever. That's just my opinion. But I'm like you. I don't want to listen to an AI voice read yeah. a book i don't want to read an ai author's book um yes. and i understand ai bots and doing like short little snippet stories those are fine sure that's but great. um i don't want to read an entire book that is written by ai i want that human interaction i want that human connection to that book um you yeah. know the equivalency of those blood sweat and tears that would you know that come into that book uh, because I don't think AI will ever give us the human emotion and magnitude that mm-hmm. a human can. And, you know, going back to those creative spirits, AI can't really connect to that. And so you don't get, you know, if there is a spirit that is telling you to write this story because they need their story heard, AI is never going to be able to accomplish that. Yeah. That has to be it- done with human connection. Yeah, AI does not connect to that spirit, in my opinion, because it's an, orga- an organic yes. <laughs> connection. Yes, yes, I agree with that. But yes, the 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 narrator who did your audiobook was very warm, very. Um, at one point in time when I was listening to it, it was later in the day. I actually surprisingly fell asleep, but remember everything the narrator said. Like wow. her voice was so comforting that I'm just like I drifted off to sleep and I woke up like <laughs> half an hour later and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I miss? And I went and I flipped back through the book and I'm like, oh, I didn't miss any. I remember all of this. Okay, which never happened. <laughs> so I don't know wow. how that happened. Uh, but yeah. the narrator was very, um, just a very well done uh, version of the book. So I highly recommend it if you're somebody who listens to audiobooks. Um, it is on Audible. I don't know if it's on Spotify or any of that. I don't follow that. I just do Audible. So uh, I would assume it's also on iTunes. Um, but again, mm-hmm. I don't do iTunes, so I don't know. Um, but if you are an audiobook listener and you have Audible, check it out. There will be a link in the show description to it as well. Um, so 
kind of segueing a little bit off of your book, what is next in store for you? Do you got classes? Do you got workshops? Do you got events coming up? What What's yeah. on your schedule and your horizon? I have a lot of beautiful events coming up. I'm doing the Columbus Witches Ball in November. Oh, that sounds divine. Yeah, in Ohio, I should say. There are a lot of cities called Columbus. (laughs) And I believe I'm doing Earth Warrior Festival in Ohio and um, the Witches Gathering uh, online. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of creative art class kind of thing about that. And I'm throwing around the idea of like an, a companion class to this book, Inspiring Creativity Through Magic. Oh, that would um, be neat. Yeah, uh, I, I think I might like think about that for this fall. So uh, we'll see about that. But you can find out where I'm going to be. Sign up for my newsletter if you're interested. Get a signed book on my website, astrayataylor.com. Perfect. That was actually my next question of where people can find you. Now, are you? I know you're on Instagram. Are you on TikTok? No, I'm not. Like, okay, well, okay I have an account saved just so nobody <laughs> tries to copycat me. You know, like that. That's that's a weird phenomena. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Threads. Um, I, you know, I have a day job, and I with my obsession of writing, I don't have a lot of free time, <laughs> and so when I do. I like to enjoy watching rather than like making content most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I enjoy TikTok for. I feel that I'm a very bad poster on TikTok. I'm trying to be better because I know it helps a lot with the shows. Um, but I'm I'm much more of a watcher than I am a poster. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy other people's content, commenting and kind of hyping them up and supporting them that way. Um, but as far as me posting, I do like the very bare minimum because <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how to do the TikTok content very well. <laughs> yeah. I barely got like Twitter mastered, like right before the whole like Elon fiasco. And then oh, I'm gosh, now yeah. starting to get a, a hold on, you know, kind of Instagram and how that works. And it's like, oh, well, that's not a great place anymore. And now there's a new one called threads. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm done. I will just stick with my other one. I feel like an a, a old person that's just like, I can't keep up with the trends anymore. Can we just not change social media every like six months, please? Right. And I, I think back to like MySpace. I had a MySpace Oh, I had account. a MySpace. I loved MySpace. Mm-hmm. I did too. You know, I had this account where like it would play a song mm-hmm. and it came up onto my profile. <laughs> I did too. I had so much cool stuff on there, which was so awesome. And it was mm-hmm. great. I miss MySpace. If honestly, if MySpace came back, that'd probably be the only one that I'd relearn. <laughs> I think it it might be a still a thing. <laughs> but I think I don't it know. is, but I don't think it's as good as it was when you know we were younger. So yeah, yeah, but you know the evolution with the time. I think the best way to keep up with people nowadays is just an email list and go to their website and things like that. Uh, because you never know what uh, social medias are going to change. And a lot mm-hmm. of these people who invested a lot in Twitter were really um, bitter about the whole change. And so uh, they didn't have a way to kind of talk with the same people again because they were boycotting it. You know, right. I, I understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, email lists, I think, are just, you know, the way to go to keep in touch with people. And, you know, that's 
how you learn about sales and events and thing, good things like that from your favorite authors. <laughs> the other thing too is a lot of your favorite authors, I don't know if you in particular have one of these, but uh, Discord servers are really great for kind of keeping up with people and also a really great way to kind of connect with the other readers of the books too, um, which I, I know a lot of people because, you know, they don't know again which social media outside social media one outside of like tiktok and maybe instagram um to use so they've a lot of authors have started creating discord servers which i thought was kind of cool hmm. so yeah that is that is really cool uh i've seen i'm on a couple of them uh they are really easy to to um get along with but yeah yeah you know social media dilemma Social media is one of those things that you, it's necessary, but it's also a evil, evil tool. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that uh, we have goals where like, this is my intention of putting out, you know, the best and you know, the best intentions. But at the same time, and then I just get so many marketing ads too. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm like, yes. Well, yes. Like every other uh, post is a marketing ad. So mm -hmm. it's not attractive in that way. <laughs> It definitely is not. So uh, everybody, check out Estrella's website. It will be in the show description. Um, it, I will also tag you on Instagram when the episode goes live. And this has been so much fun. I always love chatting with you. It's so nice and so chill and so wonderful. And you're just such a wonderful spirit to have on the show. Oh, thank you so much. I feel the same way. I love your show, too. Thank you so much. You are very, very welcome. So everybody who's listening, thank you so much for being here today. Check out Australia's book. Again, it will be in the show links. Uh, get yourself a copy. Go create some beautiful art, whatever that medium may be for you. Um, and if you're not an artist, but you'd like to try, check out Australia's book because she has all the great stuff to tell you how to get started. And Everyone stay safe, take care of yourselves, be kind to each other, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.